You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 204, covering By Inferno's Light and Dr. Bashir, I presume, with Amanda Smith. Friends, it's us again. Your old our... post-atomic horror guys. Guys. With our last, I was going to say last show of the year, that's not true. Just last show before all joy is completely destroyed. <laughs> By which I mean next week will be our uh, annual crossover with Drunken Time Travel, in which we watch the infamous Star Wars holiday special. Ah, we're all of us doomed. Doomed! <sighs> which means you have about a week, less than a week, to get your free stickers. Yep. Uh, send uh, an email to postatomicor at gmail. You could ask a question. You could not ask a question. Whatever you want doesn't you matter. Just send us and stickers, I guess. Yeah, just get some. Get you some stickers. But but if you want to ask a question or say a thing, that's fine. If you want to correct us, that'd be fine too. Because there's going to be four of us, and we will mock the hell out of you. Oh yeah. So that'll be <laughs> delightful. We're all against you. Yes, all of us. All of and us. Three of us will be drunk. Yep. So. There's that. That should be fun. Oh. I haven't done the show drunk in a long time. Yeah, should be should be a good time. Uh, oh, Amanda's here, by the Hello. way. Hello. She's had to sit here in silence for a minute now, and I can see her just wriggling. <laughs> like, what, are, what do I do? He hasn't uh, introduced me yet. I can't say anything. I have opinions. Uh, I, must be, I must be heard. <laughs> Everyone can hear me anyway. This is they true. don't need to, like, listen to the show. They, you can just hear me from everywhere on the planet. They can and hear you true. shaking in your seat. You are the background radiation of this planet. That's true. And also, you... I don't have to watch the uh, the Star Wars, the Star holiday, Wars special. holiday special. This is true. You don't. And we can trick you into watching it. No, I thought about that, but I have to live with her. Just set the TV up in your bedroom for when she wakes up in the morning. Yep. I'll just go back to sleep. <laughs> yep. Like you could sleep through itchy and lumpy. Damn it! I hadn't <laughs> planned on this. It's like the uh, the groundhog. If I go back to sleep during the Star Wars special, winter will last a thousand years. Yeah, that and sounds plunge about the right. earth into darkness. By winter, we mean my despair. Thanks right? a lot, yes. Amanda. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Hey, this this was your idea. Don't don't. Uh, oh no, don't it was start... totally my idea. Yeah, this as the only person who's idea. actually seen it, I want to share my my pain. Mm. Because trust me on this, it's as bad as they say it is. <laughs> so I've heard. In any event, I was trying to go with a segue there. Speaking of your pain, but this is actually a fantastic episode, so that's not going to yep. work. Speaking of awesome things that are great. Yeah. Amanda, why don't you talk about By Inferno's Light? All right, I will. I'll do that right now. I dare you. Do it. Fine, I will. I'm going. Do it. Um. So I wanted to say I usually watch the weekly DS9 episodes with Al, and uh, so I'd like to say... Fuck you, Al, and fuck you, Matt, what? for making me wait a full week like a sucker between the first part of this and the second. No, that's fair. I have Assholes. no regrets. No. I remember having to wait for it the first time around, and I didn't like this any better. I'm sure uh, a lot of the listeners have heard all the hand clapping and idiot glee from all of the guests on the show about this season, and, uh, well, Inferno's Light's a pretty good reason for it. Uh, last week, we ended on Garrick's spymaster father dying in his arms in a prisoner of war camp, and the Dominion fleet is threatening to wreck up the station. And now, the conclusion. The Dominion fleet leapfrogs right over the station and goes straight for the, Car the Cardassian border, where, 
With the help of winner of the universe's biggest turncoat pageant, Gul Dukat takes over the Cardassian government. Finally. <laughs> but hurrah, this is good news for the Cardassians being held in the internment camp, probably for the good of the Bajoran people, because now that Cardassia has joined the Dominion, they're all free to go. In fact, they all get new houses in the demilitarized zone. Because Cardassius' new demigod king is Gul Dukat, and he's going to personally see that every flaming trash can is removed from the sector. Woo! <laughs> On a related note, did I say that all the Cardassians were free? Well, I meant all of them except Garrick. Leading on Gul Dukat's daughter might not seem like such a funny and clever idea now as it did a few months ago, eh, Garrick? <laughs> Back on the station, everyone's worried about the Dominion, and Changeling Julian has developed some mighty shifty eyes. Sandwiches. <laughs> Fortunately, bug-eyed monster Gowron <laughs> shows up with a big-ass fleet of Klingon fighters and agrees to help the Federation protect the wormhole. Changeling Julian clubs a few officers over the head and steals a runabout, probably because Worf wasn't there to protect it. Speaking of Worf, he's in a gladiatorial-style fight against the Jem'Hadar, and Garrick creeps around in their secret, secret wall fort, trying to get a signal to their runabout. It turns out that Garrick has double claustrophobia and isn't doing well being confined inside the wall. It's a pretty tight sit, and I have to say it strains my disbelief believing that the portly Tane fit in there. Worf continues fighting until he proves to the Chief Jem'Hadar that he is truly, truly, truly outrageous. The Romulans show up in the nick of time uh, to help keep the Dominion out of the, out of the uh, Alpha Quadrant's backyard. Hmm. Back at home, the Dominion isn't attacking at all. Instead, evil Julian is going to blow up the Bajoran sun and cripple the Klingon, Romulan, and Federation fleets. Kira and Dax take the Defiant and fling evil Julian away from the sun, where he explodes. And he won't be able to pull any more Tribble out of his hat, any hat, because the hat burned up in the explosion. It's <laughs> <laughs> a couple of, couple of things. Um, I, I was reading uh, this link made the rounds uh, this weekend. Apparently, Playboy, which uh, you may recall does articles as well as uh, having naked ladies in it. Oh, yeah, the thing you're supposed to read. Right, right. No, but they actually did a top 500 episodes of Star Trek uh, article. Seriously? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's so wrong. Like, I mean, you're always going to say that about lists and we're, we're just guys with opinions like anybody else, blah, 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 whatever. But it's stupid. It's super, super wrong. I think we have a better opinion on Star Trek than like Hugh Hefner. Uh, yes, Hugh Hefner personally writes all the articles in Playboy. <laughs> they certainly don't get reputable writers or like published authors to write anything. Nope. No, it's all Hugh Hefner. He writes the articles. He takes the pictures. He uh -huh. wrote all those Stephen King short stories from the 80s. Yeah, exactly. And all those like uh, interviews and all that stuff. Yeah, Hugh Hefner. Yeah. In any case, this episode made the top, I want to say top 10, top 20, something like that. No, it was the top 10 because it's the only DS9 episode in the top 10. Mm -hmm. And there's a Voyager episode ahead of it. Ugh. And I, I I, mean, you know, I said I would go easier on Voyager and I'm trying to, but I just, I don't buy it. I won't. I what the, the fuck? I don't and buy that there's an episode of Voyager better than this. This but. isn't even the best episode in DS9. No, like, this, this isn't. This, even, this is might not even make like this is a fantastic episode. It's a it's an A episode, but I wouldn't even put this in my top ten DS9 episodes. I bet. No, it's just that good. It's it's Garrick heavy, so that's always a good sign. Yeah, that is a plus. Yeah, everybody loves Garrick. Yep. Who who doesn't love a mentally ill guy you can't trust? Hi, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck you. <laughs> Oh, like you're like like you shy away from being a liar. It's true. You're proud of being a liar. It's right in the name. Yeah. 
This is a room full of mentally ill people who can't be trusted. You're not exactly mentally ill. I'm not mentally ill. I'm talking about you guys. Right. And there's two of us in this room well, and only one well, of us. I yeah, mean, clearly I you're seeing a third person horror. in that room. Yeah, I'm so unclear as to what the hell you're getting at here. Uh, but The room is the show. Uh, no. I think yes. the show is the thing. I think you're just seeing fake people. Yeah. Now who's mentally ill? You. Behind my back. Um, I, I will say that on the subject of the whole mental illness thing, for, for real though, I do really like how Garrick's claustrophobia is treated like a serious thing. And I expected the Klingons to say, oh, he's weak. Like we need someone strong to get out of here. Instead of their, instead they're like, no, he's strong for overcoming his, uh, the horrible shit he was born with. Yep. And it's Facing like, your fear is yeah. the hardest fear to face. Yeah. <laughs> And as, as someone who was born with fucked up brain chemistry, I, it's like, wow, that was a nice thing to hear on a show. Like, Thanks, Worf. Yeah. Have you tried not being claustrophobic? Uh, just I shut mean, just, yourself up in a box for a while until you feel better about the situation. Exactly. That's exactly right. Okay, so let's, where to begin? There's a, there's a lot to cover here. There's a lot of information in this uh, episode, and yeah. uh, all, all of it's great. There was. Writing that summary was hard, because I'm like, okay, well, this, I don't need to talk about any of the rest of it, but this is one more thing, one more thing. This guy, this guy. Yep. All of this is important. All right, well, where, where, what was your good thing, then? What did you manage, Amanda, to... Uh... It was hard, because there was a lot to choose from. Um, I think what I ended up liking best was the balance between the personal stuff and the war story. Like, there at no point was I like, ugh, can we stop looking at this boring thing and go back to the thing that I care about? I was just as invested in the shooty stuff as I was in the character development. Yeah, we talked about this last week, about how, like, their big war episodes do a really good job of balancing those personal mm. moments, like the, the great little sort of cute, funny character moments with, like, the big serious Because in a, in a lot of shows, when you get... When the pace starts really picking up like that, you can lose the characters because yep. you've got to get all the plot points yeah, in. Yeah, we don't have yep. time for whatever the important thing is. We need more ships crashing into each other. The thing is, we want to see that. Mm -hmm. And I think we've seen more ships on screen now in this two-parter than we've ever seen in Star Trek ever. Than in, oh, the, man. than in all of Star Trek ever. Maybe put together. Yeah. When those Romulans show up, oh. like, as the cavalry, yeah. and we already have all the Federation guys and the Klingon and guys. And the Klingon, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's like we see every kind of Federation ship we've ever seen. We see a bunch of Klingon ships. And then, oh, and they also here's some warbirds on just, our side. What? I just picture Morn in his, uh, in, his, uh, in his cargo freighter looking for a place to park. <laughs> and from here on in, any time that we get a shot of the station, it's always got guys coming in and leaving. Yeah, in the next like, episode, the, yeah. the exterior shot, just like the establishing shot, has like five starships just hanging out. Because Starfleet's not going to leave them three days away from help anymore they're gonna be right there in case because yeah. shit's gonna go down at some point they're ready mm -hmm. and the klingons are cloaking in and out yep. and the station seems e like the stations never seemed empty but it from this point on it seems a lot fuller like there's more well there's more different there. types of people there yeah yep and we even see some romulans milling about at the end yeah. which is so nice fucking like, cool the klingons officially re-signed a treaty like it's been they 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 stopped like declaring war but they didn't sign a treaty and now Gowron's like no you're right you you guys are actually kind of badass okay we will this is this is another chance for another war we'll sign a treaty we are becoming friends yeah but yeah. it's it's clearly like just because there's another fight very well like we will be friends again fine if you'll just sign this here yes put it on my eye and i will sign it <laughs> 
Wait, nobody said anything about writing. We're enemies again. <laughs> Damn it. G O W. Oh, he, shit. He, he, now, there's two O's in his name. I assume he turns those into giant eyes. <laughs> he draws like eyeballs in the in the O and the O. And the W is like super pointy, right. like in a metal band. Yeah, so it's his forehead. Michelle, yeah. if you want to make the Gowron logo. Okay. <laughs> I think I think we're seriously already indebted to Vishal. Well, we clearly. Be, yeah. So maybe somebody else could do that. If somebody wants to make the Gowron logo. Yeah. With a little we, TM next to it. Um, Matt, what was your good thing? Oh, man. I don't normally comment on this, but uh, and it might have popped up before and I've just never noticed, but uh, this episode cranks up the war drums like nobody's business, and yep. it's kind of completely awesome. I didn't actually notice until you pointed it out, but you're, you're totally It's like right. every time something big happens in the back of you. Yep. Between this and the uh, next episode, you see a lot of um, Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Like the thing, like the war drums and Julian's character and all that seems very like. Uh, what I don't see it in the next episode at all, but I, I totally but see it in that, this one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I also noticed that uh, unshaven prison Bashir looks a lot like the guy they got to play Baltar yeah. in Battlestar Galactica. It's, it almost feels like they wanted to get Siddig and he was busy or something. Yeah. I don't have time to be in your Battlestar Galactica. 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 I've, I've got to play a terrorist in a Hollywood in movie. In all movies. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh, my good thing yes. was that reveal at the very beginning. Like this is, we're right in the teaser. Mm. Like, oh, fuck, here comes the war. And there goes the war. Yep. What the hell? Ducat, oh my god. Like, it's just, I did not see that coming back in the day. Like, Amanda, you watched this in real time. Did you see it coming? Oh, absolutely not. I thought we were going to have, like, regular fighting now. But I wasn't, like, disappointed. It wasn't like, oh, they were going to have a big fight, and now they didn't. They just, like, wimped out of the big fight. Because you have Ducat turning his coat again, and you have, like, a big shift in power, Mm. and they're still in danger. Well, and the implications are just monumental, because now all the other guys we know are like, oh, like the Klingons, the Romulans, the, the, you know, the Federation, and then like the Breen, like all the guys in the Alpha Quadrant are like, fuck, now what do we do? Yeah. No, this like, is actually just attacking the station. That's easy. Yeah. All you do is shoot lasers and die. Right. But like the Jem'Hadar hooking up with the Cardassians and putting Gul Dukat in charge, that's yep. bad for everyone. Yeah, because now they have a foothold here. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It's it's good for the Bajoran people. <laughs> Somehow. For the good of the Bajoran people, Major. Matt, did you see this coming the first time you saw it either? Like, I don't remember. Probably not. I just, I feel like Star I, Trek I so like, often... But I thought Ducat was a good guy now. Yeah. We all, at, the, at that point, at our first time around, thought that. And it's just, this is the great sort of up and down they do with this character. Yep. And it's like, nope, this is the most evil thing he's done so far. I got a note here. It's like... Gul Dukat's biography would be called The Rise and Fall and Rise and Fall and Rise and Fall and Rise and Fall and Rise and Fall of Gul Dukat. Yeah, you, you, you left out the spoiler at the end. I yeah, of course I that. did. <laughs> uh, let's just say he's got a few rises and falls left in yeah. him. But yeah, this is just like, it's so, it so takes things to the next level. And all the stuff I complain about with part twos, like taking a great like cliffhanger and not building on it, they did here. Like, it's it's even bigger now. Yeah. And they did that by also kind of cheating us out of the action sequence we were waiting for. And yet, like, it doesn't matter because it's this is so much cooler. I know, but you, you know what I mean? Like, typically, 
we'd be we feel cheated. Oh like, yeah, come on, you you spent an hour getting us ready for a huge fight that never that never happened. Mm-hmm. And typically, in a lot of the two parters we'd seen up to this point, that's what happens: is you get really excited. Yeah, part for what's two happen, opens for the and fight, then, and then oh, uh, then Mark Twain shows up again. <sighs> Motherfucker! I hate that guy. <laughs> oh, I'm here to become best friends with Rom. Oh. We're, gonna st- we're gonna start ourselves a little spinoff. Ah! And you're gonna have to review it, my friend. You you just made me look forward to the Star Wars Holiday Special. That is impressive. <laughs> I would rather watch that than the Mark Twain and Rom show. Now come along, Rom. You and I are gonna build a time machine. We're gonna join the Marquis. <laughs> To the Voyager! <laughs> With a stop by Enterprise to pick up their boring crew! <laughs> now, let's explain the tedious backstory of something that doesn't need a tedious backstory. We're gonna go back in time to figure that out. Oh, God. I'm also uh, here, brother. Oh, Christ. So, uh, Amanda, what was your bad thing? Um, we've talked a bit about, um... Siddig and his range in the show. Yeah, it's fairly limited, I would say. Yes. It is, it's pretty limited, and he's one of my least favorite characters. Not as least favorite as Rom, but I, I don't really love him. There's things mm. about him that are okay, but when he plays evil, he's so bad at it. Well, the thing is, we said this back in like season one when he was possessed or some stupid thing. Mm-hmm. I think he's better here. He's he was better there. here, but he's got like shifty eyes and he's acting like up to this point, they hadn't told him that he was playing a changeling. Well, he was right. still just playing it as Julian. And that was better. Now that he knows he's supposed to be a changeling, he's acting all weird. Some of that's in the directing, though. Some of that's in the close ups on his yeah. eyes. And the, the like the sinister music. And the yeah. part where he just spins around in a chair in a menacing manner. Yeah. We, I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh God, I think I'm gonna be sick. This is like going in a centrifuge. <laughs> Chief, let me puke into your cupped hands. It's like up until this, up until this point, he had been acting like a good spy, like someone who was. Well, yeah, because the actor didn't know. Yeah, that and he now, was supposed all, to be now all of a sudden, now he's, he's acting like, like I'm spy versus spy. Yeah. Yes, carrying one of those round bombs. <laughs> So classy. Uh, I'll, I'll give you that. But on the other hand, I do think his plan was cool. It's not like, like at first we were like, okay, now that the audience knows who he is, he's going to start doing stupid shit. And he was still like acting and directing choices, notwithstanding writing wise, he was still trying to blend in until he got to his big master plan, mm-hmm. which is cool. He didn't just start running around wrecking stuff for no reason. Also, like, the changeling sure love being Julian. Yeah. That, well, I mean, it's only happened twice. Yeah, but still. They like it more than anyone else. He's their favorite guy to be. The thing is, becoming the doctor is really clever. Because he's the guy running the blood tests to tell who's a changeling. Yep. I kind of get the feeling it's because they like his lifestyle. Yeah, they, that they might like, be it too. They like drinking and having sex with pretty ladies. And, <laughs> yeah, that's probably uh, it. It's fun to be Julian for a couple and of playing, weeks. And playing tennis. Yeah, playing tennis. And uh, yeah, it's a, like a vacation for the changelings. You get to, to come out and... Uh, hang out with Chief O'Brien, who's a mm-hmm. lovable guy. Yeah, everybody and, loves Chief O'Brien, even yeah. the Dominion. And then, then have sex with Garrick and uh, yeah. be on your way. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? What was my bad thing? I don't know. That's why I asked you. Well, 
Good question. It's right Where'd there. it go? Oh, it's, it's right there. Um, we could read it for you. No, I got it. Um, so, uh, does anyone really believe for a second that Gul Dukat would authorize the destruction of Bajor? <laughs> I mean, how else is he gonna have? Who else is he gonna have sex with? His wife? Come on. Oh, there's. I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty of Bajoran women still captive on, like, sex slaves on Cardassia. I have to, I have to blow up all, all of Bajor for the good of the Bajoran people, Major. Yeah. I wonder if, because um, we've seen a lot of Cardassian military guys be all about uh, having Bajoran fever. I wonder if the women are like that, too, because I've never, like, we don't have a lot of lady Cardassian characters. Mm. I wonder if they're all about the Card- the uh, Bajoran have, men. Have we seen other military guys? I thought it was just Gul Dukat. No, we've had a couple of... Uh... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Of uh, Cardassian military guys who are super into Bajorans. Oh. Like, I I mean, I I love the running joke because there's a nugget of truth in it that, that he's got Bajoran fever because he does seem to. But I, I don't remember a lot of, of other Cardassian men having No, a, that. a lot of them have uh, Bajoran mm. mistresses. Mm. Okay. I mean, I think like, that's to the just point meant to where be a it was war just, thing. It was just, uh, like, that was just a thing that, like, a lot I, of Cardassian gulls would have. The thing is, I think that's just meant to be a war thing. Like, yeah, but th- I'm sure that they've uh, conquered other people. Yeah, but it's like Nazis conquered other people, but I bet a bunch of them had sexy French ladies, because sexy French ladies, you know? It does seem like, th- and the fact that we've got Lita, who's like super, super hot, mm-hmm. and we've had a we've had a number of sexy Bajoran ladies, I kind of wonder if they're like, that's like the sexy planet. It could be. Like, like, I don't every, know. like <laughs> They're the hottest planet. Yeah, everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, go to Bajor. <laughs> and they're just tired of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just like, no, we weren't asking for it. Stop saying that. It's horrible. Uh, so my bad thing, uh, I was going to say that Breen who just sat there in the in the prison cell and didn't do anything, <laughs> but then he grabbed the guard's phaser and vaporized him when they were escaping. So uh, not that. Well played, Breen guy. The thing is, we mentioned this before. The Breen are like mysterious. We don't know much about them. They wear these suits and that's it. Like they, we don't know what they sound like. We don't know what they look like in the suits. Like it, it's kind of cool. And this guy just kind of chilled. And I get the impression they're so alien and foreign to the other guys that they, they like, there's no, like maybe they don't speak the same language or maybe they're just too big of a culture gap or, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like, well, I want to help, but I don't even know what the hell you guys are talking mm. about. Maybe there are a big gas cloud inside that suit. Yeah, who knows? Yep. Like I can't, I can't help you with your communications array. I don't even like, I don't, I don't even have hands. Are you even guys? I can't tell. Are you guys or are you chairs? Yeah, I hear voices, I, but I don't think chairs walk around. But I don't know what you guys are up to. Trying to look through the viewplate on the mask. What's in there? Are you hello? Hello? Are you Carrie Fisher in there? <laughs> But my real bad thing, okay, so the prison break, which, okay, the weird thing is, I think we talked about this last week, the the genesis of this episode is Planet Forbidden. Mm. The genesis of this episode <laughs> was a, they wanted to do a prison break episode. And that ended up forming the core of what this much bigger episode ended up being about. It's like, they wanted to do a prison break, and so they wrote that, and then all this other cool stuff happened too. But um, the actual prison break, like the the... Garrick having to go in the wall and conquer his uh, claustrophobia was great. Mm-hmm. That is a great level of tension. But then after that, there's there needs to be a next part. Like, they just beam under their runabout and leave. Like, the runabout is not secured in any way. It's not locked in a cage or they didn't take the battery out of it or the keys or, you know what I mean? Like They didn't even have it, like, impounded in a shuttle bay. It's just still floating around outside right. in space. Like, what I'm, what I'm saying, like... I'm using, you know, the terms for like when the cops impound your car because that just seems easier to relate to. But really, 
it should be secured in some way, not just floating in space ready for you to push a button and take off. That seems a little easy. They just found the button marked steel. Yeah. No, the keys were still in it. Worf just started it back up and drove away. Like, what the hell? And you'd think they'd still, like, I know most of the, the fleet is redeployed, but you'd think they'd keep a couple of ships at their prison. Uh, maybe that, but if nothing, I mean, somebody brought them back there. So, yeah, there should be ships. Yeah. There. there should be, like, you just, like, one ship at their prison planet just in case. In case escapes happen. But, yeah. yes, there is a working ship within transporter range of their prison that seems... That has functional transporters on it. Right. It just like I say, I think taking the power source out would be the easiest way to go. Then it, that then you have a fully working Federation ship you can study, but it's also not usable for someone to escape it. Yeah. Or they have to break it out of the science impound lot. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like there should have been an extra layer, and they might have run out of budget because there were or ten time. fucking thousand ships. Mm, this is a pretty busy episode as this. Yeah, and I, I have to say, like I liked um, Garrick being claustrophobic yeah i love like, that i thought that was good i andrew robinson playing it was great but then but it, it should be a next level like now Worf has to do something or now bashir has to do something but it felt like it was just written in because they didn't have any conflict yeah. for them escaping yeah like it was just put in there like this is the conflict for them escaping it's like mm, that's not enough well like i say it's good for one character to overcome a thing but then maybe some of the others could have as well um but let's talk about Worf a bit yeah let's because talk about Worf. Because this was an interesting episode for him as far as, like, his honor thing and his whole, like, I want to fight thing, but in, in a, a way we hadn't really seen before. Mm -hmm. He was so excited to fight the Jem'Hadar. Yeah, they had, like, and the thing is, it's not like your usual, uh, we're fighting gladiatorial combat for the entertainment of blah, blah, like, that's... Of the Vorta, the evil and corrupt yeah, Vorta. that's <laughs> such a cliche in sci-fi now, but, like, no, it's because they want to study how their enemies fight so they can fight them better. That makes sense. Mm. And the, and the Klingons are the best hand-to-hand -hand fighters. Yeah. We've seen the Jem'Hadar before say, I look forward to fighting a Klingon because those guys are kind of badass. And to have... Klingons and Kira. That's what, that's yes. what they say. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's the list. Yeah. Only guys that start with K. Yeah. Right. So, but Kirk is dead, so... Yeah, you know. and they would have said Kirk. Of course uh... they would have. Get me Kirk. We, we can. Mm -hmm. He's dead. Oh. Well, then that get me Khan. Oh, man, more bad news. <laughs> <laughs> that, him being dead didn't stop the Borg in that one book Ugh. anyway you don't have to talk about that book no let's not talk about that book um, but no Worf is just fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and Matt this would have been your quote oh right? this man bit. this would have been my quote what, what was I mean well, I I'm, I feel like I'm doing all the explaining here there's Why this don't you great take moment over where uh, Worf this Jem'Hadar guy Worf's fought his way through like 15 Jem'Hadar guys and now he's fighting the Jem'Hadar king be the final boss. Yes, the final boss. And he gets the absolute shit kicked out of him. And he just keeps getting up. Yep. And Martok's down by his like, you can throw the fight now. Like, so I, I respectfully submit that you stay down, subject. <laughs> Give him the jab, Rock. <laughs> and Worf's just like... And the Jem'Hadar says, no, yeah, it's it, over. It, you, enough. You, you know I'm going to kill you next, right? Yeah, you need to, you need to yield. Now. And Worf just keeps getting back up and keep hitting that post that means you're ready to fight some more. Yep. And finally the Jem'Hadar guy goes, I yield. Yep. And everyone's like, what? And he goes, I can, no I can no longer defeat this man. All I can do is kill him. Yep. That's fucking metal. I feel like, and, and we've said this before, it's not exactly a spoiler, Martok... I mean, he's already cool now. Yeah, he is. But he's, and they, they establish it in this episode, he's he's got an important post. He's going to be coordinating the defensive, the Klingon defensive effort at DS9. He's, 
going to be a primary or like a secondary character for the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Worf around Martok learns how to be a better Klingon. Like even just here, we see he's just, I don't know, he stands up a little straighter. He's a little less of a, just a, a fuddy-duddy, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he just, like, he makes Worf a better Klingon. Yeah, Marf? between Dax and yeah. Markov, yeah. they, they make... both teach him how to Klingon. Well, Dax makes him happier and makes him realize being a Klingon is fun. Yeah. And Dax knows about how to be a fun Klingon. Yeah, and Martok does the honor thing, but he does it, like, in the real way, not in the yeah, way like, Worf learned in a book. It's like, here, I can show you how to have honor, but I can show you how to enjoy having honor. It doesn't have to be this huge drag on the rest of your life. Right. It's, also, he finally meets a Klingon who likes him. Yeah, well, which right. is probably nice. That's a big yeah. one too. It's and he even says to uh, to Cisco at the end. He's like, um, uh, he's uh, Cisco says Worf speaks very highly of you, and he says I I think very highly of him as well. Like it's it's clear they respect each other. Klingon. And then Gowron goes. Ugh. Yeah, he rolls his giant eyes <sighs> right down the hall of the promenade. <laughs> yep. But I like just like Gowron really is like the Klingon dad that Worf never had. His real human dad, the guy who raised him is great, but he's not what he needs no. as far as Klingon he's stuff goes. He's just a nice human guy. He never had a Klingon take him under his wing and explain to him really what being a Klingon is. And now he has that yep. and it's great. It's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. All right, finally getting else? pushed out of the nest. Our little <laughs> Worf's growing up. That reminds me, don't I have a son? Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um, my, uh, last thing is a lot of the sort of, uh, side round characters here die. Like we've got, um, some other people helping, um, our main guys escape from the prison camp. Yeah. There's at least one Romulan and the Breen that I talked about mm. that don't make it. Yeah. And one of the Romulans makes it back, but like people, like those guys die. Yep. And then the, um, evil... Changeling Bashir clubs some uh, Federation guys on the... Well, the thing is, the the as they think the Dominion fleet is approaching, which it isn't, but there's a fake, like, right. sensor ghost or whatever, they have the Domin or the uh, the Defiant and however many runabouts they have getting into position. So they're all filled with guys to defend the place. So there's, like, five or six guys in the runabout ready to shoot at Jem'Hadar ships. Yeah. That, that I mean, it's it's more than just like a pilot, is what I'm saying. No, it was like the like the the like uh, the defensive force. Yeah. <laughs> the and the the runabout that uh, fake Julian takes, like the the floor was littered with yeah. And they might have been dead at that. Yeah, they, they might have been dead at that point, or they might have been incapacitated. But, but he intended to kill them by did. flinging the thing into the sun. Yeah. yeah. And, and then um, Dax and uh, Kira kill them when they stop the uh right because the bomb goes off it just yeah. goes off not in the sun that was a great bit of uh just star starship action by the way yeah it really it was. i love the defiant showing up snagging the 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 runabout with the tractor beam and then just f launching it it's fucking awesome i just like the simple act of i don't think we've ever seen a runabout next to the defiant just seeing the scale yeah. like because i've never been clear how big the defiant is supposed to be the defiant's still pretty small it is yeah. but it's bigger it's substantially bigger yeah. than a runabout which is slightly bigger than a shuttle that makes sense mm -hmm. i like that the um that the defiant's a little small it's no like i like that too. fighty ship fight, yeah fight. <laughs> yep you just like small tough things i do i like kira too tiny fists of fury like punching yeah. the air yep she's doing that right now i, I, I can see it perfectly in my mind's eye yep uh, but no, that was a fantastic thing. Um, that was great. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else, Matt? Um, just look at my notes. No, 
All right, Amanda, you got a quote for us? Uh, I do. This was another toughie because, like, every line in this episode was so good. Yep. Uh, so I just picked kind of a throwaway comedy line that uh, Zial really sold. The Jem'Hadar don't eat, don't drink, and they don't have sex. And if that wasn't bad enough, the founders don't eat and don't drink, and they don't have sex either. Which, between you and me, makes my financial future less than promising. It might not be so bad. For all we know, the Vorta could be gluttonous, alcoholic sex maniacs. I never thought of that. Yeah, that was pretty fantastic. And it's nice that Zial is becoming a character in her own right and not just like a, a, a thing for Garrick to use to upset Gul Dukat. Like, she's her own character mm. now. She is, and she's um funny and a bit sort of mean, too. Well, she's got some of her father. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Which is nice. And that sort of mean, oh, don't worry about it, everything will be fine smile was yep. really good. It's it's that sort of, uh, bless your heart, meaning to go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like sweet but mean, which is great. All right, so moving forward now to my episode, Dr. Bashir, I presume. No question mark. I, I thought it had a question mark, but it does not. Lita, the rather amply endowed Dabo girl, up with whom Julian broke a few weeks ago on Risa, is excited because Rom should be asking her out any minute now. Yeah, when I praised this show's serialized plots, this isn't exactly what I meant. This was not a thread up upon which we were begging they would follow. I have no idea why I keep torturing poor prepositions like that, so I'm going to stop now. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dr. Zimmerman from Starfleet something or other medical thingy is here because Julian has been selected as a male model. Well, the model for a new kind of holographic doctor. Not like a Marky Mark type underwear model, which was an early dream of his, like the tennis thing. <laughs> Or boning Dax. <laughs> Zimmerman, who was the model for an emergency medical hologram currently uh, in use on starships that, for whatever reason, lost their chief medical officers, begins to dig into Julian's sordid past to find something that might create some drama or tension. Just don't talk to my parents, says Julian, in keeping with sitcom tradition. It's doodly doodly doodly, oh no, my parents are here! Meet Richard and Amsha Bashir, who are the opposite of Julian's pride and joy. His shame and sorrow, I guess. <laughs> I can relate, man. Believe me, I can. Within minutes, they've accidentally blabbed the ominous dark secret that the good doctor has been hiding his entire life. As a child, he was a bit slow, so his parents had his genes resequenced illegally to make him less dumb. Why this is illegal, I'm not entirely sure. I guess because Khan? Except Khan was involved with eugenics, which is selective breeding, like what we still do with dogs. Not genetics, which is tampering with your DNA. But, much like... Uh, where Bashir and his family come from, it's it's all basically the same, right? Anyway, so this revelation uh, threatens to de destroy Julian's Starfleet career, except that his parents then volunteer to go to jail, which somehow doesn't ruin Julian's Starfleet career. I'm not completely clear on how that's supposed to work. Oh, and Zimmerman nearly charms Lita away with him, but then Rom asks her out and she says yes. Omitted for time, the scene where Zimmerman sticks a phaser rifle in his mouth for being the kind of man who would lose a competition for a pretty lady's affections to Rom. Yeah, boy, well-known ladies' man, Rom. Uh, will you go out with me? No, he couldn't even say that. No, he couldn't. It was, well, uh, yeah, it's actually, a terrible... it was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he shifting gears? Yes. Ugh, just terrible. And yet, I still liked this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, any point that Rom wasn't in the episode, it was good. Like, the stuff yeah. between um, uh, Zimmerman and Lita was all really funny. Right. 
And the thing I didn't mention, because as I said, I'm trying not to badmouth Voyager now, is this guy's from Voyager. He is the character that I remember liking from Voyager. This is a really good crossover. It um, is. It, yeah. it makes sense to bring him in here. And it's not some contrived reason like, no, oh, like they're Voyager back from the Gamma yeah. Quadrant for, for one a couple week. of minutes. Yeah. yeah. Or no, this, is, this like, is the mirror universe and then we don't use him. The, the thing is, that was a good... Like, that was a good use of that. They just didn't use the character yeah. effectively. Yeah, he just hung around in the background. And yeah, didn't do but it. having, like, that was a good way to bring Tuvok onto the show, and then they kind of wasted yeah. it. But here, it's like, oh, yeah, there would be a real guy. Like, they wouldn't just create a hologram from nothing. They probably based it on a real guy. Mm -hmm. Just like, I think, I, I assume holographic, like, um, like, like holodeck characters probably are based on actors. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I assume there's, like, a model for Moriarty that, you know, played the character, and then they used that and created a hologram out of it. Never could work again after that role. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's nice. And he plays it, like, I honestly do not remember a lot about Voyager, this character, or anything else. Like, I just bits and pieces. But I know he, I know enough to know he played it differently. Yes. Like, he's he's kind of a crank and kind of a creep. Yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a sleazeball. Yeah, the way he's hitting on Lita and the way they go on one date, and then he's like, come away with me. You, like, should, you wow. should come and live with me. Yeah. And this is my good thing. Robert Picardo. Mm -hmm. He is fantastic. Oh, he's so good. And um, this is a thing that uh, the director, Joe Dante, knows because he puts him in all his movies. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's one of those guys. He is, uh, to Joe Dante, what uh, Bruce Campbell is to Sam Raimi. Mm -hmm. He's just, he's one of those guys. And he's so great. And he's got this great smugness, this great sarcasm. And putting him up against Julian, who is often smug and sarcastic, is fantastic. I just, I really like him. It's quite good. Mm -hmm. No, he's uh... And he feels more like a real guy yeah. uh, than some of the guest stars we get come on. Like, he feels like a fully fleshed out character that is a, that's a guy. And it's, he does, he has more than one character trait. Yeah, and... and the thing is, none of us, like none of the three of us has watched Voyager in quite some time. So oh, it's, it's not a like, long time. so it's not like we're carrying the baggage. It's not like we have the extra advantage of he's already established because he's from that other show. Yeah. We're, we're all sort of seeing him in the first like for the first time and you're still right he still feels like a fleshed out character absolutely whereas sometimes when someone comes in from starfleet like an angry commodore or whatever yeah. they just have like i am an angry commodore and that's the only thing about me yep no this guy felt like yeah he's kind of arrogant but he's also kind of brilliant mm -hmm. and so people put up with his shit but he's not great to be around no <laughs> and just kind of a shitty person who's really good at this one thing yeah and he's not a perfect starfleet human no right? No, they tucked him away in some weird department of like it's like like I don't I didn't write down exactly what the department is, but it's like the, the sub department of Starfleet Medical sub department in the basement. Yeah, and you notice he doesn't have an assistant, right? Probably because he can't. Right. Stop hitting yeah. on your assistants. No. <laughs> Why does no one like me? <laughs> I'm a tortured genius. I'll I'll be alone all my life. <laughs> I feel like this is one of the only voices I might be able to do. <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be great for Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> hello, but, um, hello, I'm the doctor. There's there's apparently a great deleted scene at the very end when uh he's kind of heartbroken because he doesn't get Lita to go off with him because she's gone off with you know Heart, who. Heartbroken or crotch broken? Well, he's sad. My balls, they're so blue. <laughs> but he's like I will never love again. And then a woman a, a pretty lady walks by and it's a very cartoony moment. It's a very like it's a, it's a bit of a Groucho Marx moment where Oh, yeah. And then a woman walks by and he completely like, oh, I'll go after her then. Like, it's nice. But uh, apparently there's this great deleted scene where 
in the real scene, he's chatting her up like, hi, I'm Dr. Zimmerman. And the, the deleted scene is, uh, hi, you might know me from my stellar work on Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> which is great like and i was reading Siddig apparently was saying like yeah i see this guy at cons all the time he's fun i'm glad i got a chance to work with mm-hmm. him like we work across the lot and i've never been in anything with him so it was a lot of fun they played off each other really well they did yeah. and you mentioned there's a scene with the four of them oh yeah because <laughs> um they bring up the uh the hollow doctor mm-hmm. and they bring up julian's holographic doctor julian's like work in progress not finished yet doctor yeah. yeah so and then you have julian and zimmerman and first you have julian touching his own hologram uh which looked really good yeah it did and then you've got the hologram of Julian acting like Zimmerman because he's got his personality yep. overlaid on him. And then you've got the two Zimmermans and real Julian. Oh, it was such a good scene. It was. And there's a lot of logistics in making that work. And they all did. Like, like, like we said, like we said in the very last episode, Siddig has a bit of a narrow range, but he nailed it here. Yep. Between this and a few other things we're going to get to in a minute. No, he was he was so good at that. And um, yeah, him him pretending to be the holographic Zimmerman, like having that sort of stiff, like, you know, please state the nature of the medical emergency. Yeah, exactly. Please state the nature. <laughs> oh, hello. I'm your holographic it... doctor, I am. Holographic. And it was um, technically a good scene, too, because it looked really real. There was no line between the guys no. crossing in front of each other and touching. In fairness, and... that... that trick goes well. like we've been watching a lot of old batman lately because it came out on video and we got the the dvds and we're, at we're, the time yeah. that was impressive no but but that trick of putting a vertical line between actors was long gone by the time like ds9 was yeah around. but still touching your own no that was impressive and there's a lot of crossing in front of each other it was really good it was it was quite good uh so what was your good thing matt um I like uh, Julian and his weird relationship with his parents. Yep. There's a lot of, oh, that's where that came from. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, first of all, I like his, I, I just like how weird his parents are. Well, particularly his dad. His, his dad... mom is basically just there to be the nice, supportive mom and to try to smooth things out between the son and father. Oh, but... Jules. Yeah, but his, but his dad is really the colorful His, his dad is just like... This, like, weird kind of used car, car salesman type guy. No, I like used Carl better. Yes, he <laughs> sells used, used Carl cars. salesman. Yes. This is another guy who feels like a real human being. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, he's apparently had lots of failed jobs and failed... He's, he's one of those guys who, like, spends his entire life trying to get the fame that he thinks he that he deserves. He's he's a get-rich-quick guy. Yeah, exactly. Except there's no money. Yeah. And he's always inventing things or going chasing the next big investment yeah. or, you know, whatever. And, and also, you know, like it feels like genetically engineering Julian was one of those things. I'm going to make myself the smartest son that ever there was. And then I'll be able to retire because he'll be rich. <laughs> and then he moved to the the, Wait, the, sh- he... the shit end of the galaxy instead. No, 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 no. He joined Starfleet, which you don't where you don't get paid. Yep. And then, like, beyond that, he didn't even go uh, join a part of Starfleet where he could make a name for himself. He went to the ass end of space. Yeah. He went to the ass end of space clearly, clearly to get away from his parents. Oh, definitely. I mean, that stuff about Frontier Medicine was probably part of it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it was because he, he is embarrassed by his parents. And, you know. He wanted to put an ocean between himself and his parents. Yep. Listen, I, 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 as, as someone who's been there, 
I put a continent between me and my family, and I'm a lot happier. Yep. I love them. They're decent people, but we do not get along. It's like, I love them, and I would like to continue loving them. Yes. This this has worked out well as far as my continued love for my yep. parents. This actually kind of leads into my good thing, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of us, I think, have this problem where you get with your family and you turn into, like, a pouty 15-year-old again. Yep. Uh, where you're like... I'm not like this anymore. I don't act this no, way. No, I've spent 20 years building a better personality. Why? Where did this come from? Yeah, I thought why, I got rid of this. Why do I care what socks they're sending me? This doesn't matter. What do yeah. I have to gain here? But I, I think your parents know that wavelength, know that button to push that makes you just react in ways that no one else can. Yep. Why am I like? Why am I fighting about this? This doesn't matter to me. If some, if any other yeah. person in the world said this to me, I would just ignore it. Yep. And, but if your mom says it, don't. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't even care, mom. I don't even care. Yep. I'm going to go listen to my music. I don't even care. Yep. And, and you liked Bashir being like that. I love Bashir being like that. He was so good at it. <laughs> he gets into like super overdramatic. Oh, yes. Let's all get together and make plans because that's what we do in this family. Plans. <laughs> Every fucking I... night at the Bashir house until he moved out. <laughs> he just so reminded me of myself. Mm. When I get around my parents, I just, I tense up and just like everything they say just makes me grit my teeth and like, ah, stop and it. To the outside viewer, it's like, why are you mad about yeah. that? That They're just being guys. It's fine. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, they're a little, they're, they're, you know, your dad's a little shady, but you got to love him. He's, he's your fine. dad. And he's kind of charming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the old and dad. The guy who played his dad was fantastic. Oh, I he's mean, really the good. guy, the both. The, guy, the people who played both, his parents were both good. Um, interestingly, the, the lady who played his mom, not an actor, never played anything before or since. No, she didn't like, seem like not an actor She's got either. like a PhD. She's like a professor of anthropology or something like that. She just did this because she's a fan or something, which is awesome. Yeah. No, she did a great she, job. It was weird. Yeah, she didn't stand out. She sort of appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. No, because I when when actors make an impression on me I, or I want to know what the deal is, like I, I researched them and there was no research to be had because she's never done anything. Nope. Just disappeared again. But yeah. a lot of the times when you get a, a person in like that who is not an actor, who who doesn't do any acting and you put them around actors, oh, it's you can so tell. obvious. Yeah. Like that, that the next gen episode where they had the real life astronaut. Yep. Which is really cool. It was really cool, but she was clearly not an actor. I am a Starfleet captain. Yeah. No, I think she was like the transporter tech or something. And it's just like, she only had like two lines, but oh, they were right. so wooden. With the, the, with the, like, she was the tall no black hair. chick. Yeah. Yeah. And it was super cool. Oh, yeah. But not an actor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because she was doing something important with her life. Right. <laughs> uh, transporting, Captain. And like I say, this, this lady is, you know, like a, a professor of, I think it was anthropology or archaeology, something like that. But like, clearly has a professional life doing something important with yes, her life but not an actor and she was fine but like i say the role was just you know oh you boys stop fighting like and that's realistic as a mom yeah like some moms and families like this are going to be like that oh your, your when... father has just tried to do what's best for you jules even when she's doing that she puts her arm around him she says no 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 everything will be okay and he like flinches away he's like yep. shut up mom you don't yep. know everything's not going to be okay ever again I love that. I'm a that monster. So yeah. So that, that kind of leads into your bad thing. Matt. Yeah, it does. Julian spends a lot of this episode being very, I'm a genetically engineered monster. <laughs> what? It's a curse and I've had to own it my entire life. And then he has sex with the Roomba. Yes. He basically, um, there's a scene where uh, after Chief O'Brien finds out 
where he's like, so what, you're, a, you're genetically altered? The word you're looking for is freakish monster. <laughs> That's not what he says. Which is what I am. But he says, the word you're looking for is unnatural, as in not found in nature, which, is, the, which is true. I'm the devil. And I kind of feel like this does tie into his family being there. Yeah. Like, he's acting... He wouldn't be this melodramatic no, no. if they weren't there. <laughs> no, the he thing wouldn't, is... like, just go to Cisco and be all like, right, this is what happened. Yeah, this is... Look, I'm stuck, and I don't know what we to do. We should probably what figure you... this out. What do you think, think, better dad? What do you think? <laughs> what do you think, I... better dad? Are you proud of me? <laughs> well, not really. No. I don't really care for You're you. You're a decent doctor, but I don't actually like you. I don't really want to have dinner with you or anything. I mean, I like you better than that Zimmerman fellow. <laughs> well, that's not saying much, is it? Well, thanks enough no, for nothing, not. then. How about that? Also, we should point out that uh, Bashir's dad has the voice that we give to Julian. He does. That it was, was so he's got, yeah, he's got sort of the London accent. Like this, this sort of this. I think it's a London accent. This, this sort of uh, Jules. Listen, I've Same, got, I've got right, a plan. Right, I've right. got a cunning plan. <laughs> Apples and pears downstairs. <laughs> Look, it's Cockney rhyming slang, right? No one Jules, understands it. Jules is actually for schools, which no, is it's... what we tried to send you to, but you were stupid. You were too Jules dumb. is for fools, because you are stupid. <laughs> right. That's why we called you Jules, because you're a fool. Oh, I pity the fools. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's, here's the thing that as three white people, this is hard to say without sounding racist, and I do I'm not, not mean it. it that way. I just want to know what Julian is, like what nationality he is, because his mother appears. To, this is why I looked her up, because I wanted to know where she was from to get a hint. Mm. She is Middle Eastern. He is clearly just English, Yep. which, you know, OK, so is Julian English? I, that's what I'm starting from... to think. Yeah, I think he's I think he's from England. That's fine. It's not like, oh, he's brown, therefore he must be. Like, if he's English, okay, mm. whatever. I'm, ju I'm just curious. Like, I always just sort of thought he was from England. Yeah. I, well, okay, but but his mom kind of throws that off. Well, and I think his Maybe accent is not. also affected. That's, that's He does true. seem like the kind of guy who would affect well, an Well, accent. because his real accent is, is an upper-classy English accent, and his dad clearly has a working-class yeah. English accent. He's trying to seem better than his dad. <laughs> I could sort of see um, them uh, coming to England, his dad affecting, like, a, an English accent. His mom going, like, why are you guys doing this? Yeah. Look, this we're, is, we're from, you know, wherever. It, like, it's why fine. Don't you, we're, yeah. from where, we're from wherever. And why, why are you doing this? You I'm idiots. trying to win up a class twit of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I've almost got the bra off the lady. <laughs> no, and, and again, it's not like I must. No, it's, it's to me, I'm just curious, like, They've presented him, I don't know, I kind of assumed Indian for a while, but now it's like uh, Middle Eastern, maybe? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. And again, I don't, like... I. And again, I'm not racist. So, yeah, there's no way to say that without sounding racist. I, I don't, I won't judge him differently for that. I just am curious what his character's background is. And I'd like it to be better than Uhura's She's from Africa. Yes, all of Africa. But that's where Uhura was from, the African Union or something yep. like that. Like, oh, come on. You Are you do doing this for the good of the Bashir people? Because <laughs> <laughs> then I need to rethink our marriage. The thing is, if he's English, okay. then that I, I like that because the Englishman and the Irishman sort of coming together as friends is, is an, has an extra layer yeah. to it. That's all. No, anyway. that, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, A so, lot of good uh, Julian O'Brien scenes in this one. Yep. Yeah, there are. <laughs> there's a there's a great like this would have been my quote if we could do visual stuff. 
there's a scene it's the open of the scene like it doesn't affect anything like when we cut to sick bay is uh o'brien's helping zimmerman test out the new holo bashir and he's just using the remote control to steer him into a wall repeatedly <laughs> thunk, boom, thunk, boom, thunk. Boom, boom. <laughs> and, and they're just they're both giggling and then julian walks in and they stop oh just nothing nothing <laughs> but he's clearly doing it on purpose like the look on his face like <laughs> yeah this is fun next i'm gonna make him dance yeah Oh, that's great. And a bit of the Highland jig. There's a rather good bit where um they're talking like uh Julian's talking to uh O'Brien about being part of this hollow program. Mm-hmm. And O'Brien says something like, Oh good, now you can bother like thousands and thousands yeah, now of you people. can annoy the whole galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> but actually this brings me to my quote which is as Zimmerman's uh, interviewing, there's a nice little sequence of just like him interviewing various, you know, like Cisco and like Lita, his ex-girlfriend, because Zimmerman wants to get with her, not because she's dated Julian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he talks to O'Brien and he says this. You can rest assured that I will keep anything you say in the strictest confidence. You're sure about that? I wouldn't want this to get back to Julian. You have my word. Well, the truth is he's an extraordinary person. A real sense of honor and integrity, great sense of humor, warm, caring. You're sure he's not going to read this? Positive. And I think that's fantastic. No, I like that. It's nothing more yep. important than making sure your friends don't know that you like them. <laughs> that's right, you idiots. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck you, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> so, uh, what was your bad thing, Amanda? Um, I don't know. This feels like kind of a cop-out, but on the other hand, ugh. <laughs> Rom uses his ear powers to eavesdrop on Lita and Zimmerman's date. And the thing is, he can see they're on a date. He's sitting right on the next level. They're up, they're up like right next to the railing on the second level and they're clearly in view. They're having drinks and they're like flirting and they're leaning He's touching into her each hand other. And... They're clearly on a date. There's no need for him to like oh, listen that, Now, in. describe for the listeners what he does. <laughs> Well, actually, this was kind of a relief because he sees Lita up there and he reaches up for his ears and I uh-huh. thought he was going to start jerking it. And I was like, oh, no, not in public, you freak. Yeah, but... the show could get away with him stroking his ear looking yeah. at a pretty girl. Wouldn't be the first time, brother. Yeah. And But instead he like tunes his ear oh. like an old radio yeah. to it's, it's, try and get them. It's like there's a dial underneath that he can like, yeah. oh, I'll just amplify. No, I, I, know he's like, I know he's like curving it to try to make the sound come in different. Like, I understand what they're going for, but it's stupid and terrible. Yeah. And every week we have a, a Ferengi, we point out the ear thing. Like, ugh. You've done such a good job of fixing this culture. Why do you have to make it about that one stupid thing? It's like they rewrote the uh, the show Bible, and under Ferengi, they just put ears and then underlined <laughs> it. But you know how much we hated the Ferengi going into this show? Oh, yeah. And they're pretty good now. Yeah. Like, like at least Quark is. They've done an amazing job of making this joke uh, race into, like, a legitimate culture that works. And yeah. now and it's pretty good, too. And then there's this asshole. Yeah. <laughs> no, we got we got Quark, which is who is sort of a standard, like, greedy Ferengi but still sort of on the outskirts of their society. And then now that we know them well enough, we have Nog, who is trying to better himself to become part of Starfleet, which and I like. Even part of Rom's story is okay. Like him yeah. sort of like breaking away, like realizing, you know what? I'm not a good traditional Ferengi. I need to try something else. Right. And he's he's good at things, but the character's so annoying. Well, that's the, like, we keep saying this. Like the, the actual, what he does is fine. 
the problem is this goofy character. And it might not even be the actor. It might just be his choice. Like, he might be locked into that stupid voice yeah. and mannerism. It's like... Because well, they didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Like, six seasons yeah. from the beginning. No, it's, yeah. it's like... Did you did you, either of you guys see The Last Action Hero? No. There's a scene where this like this kid goes into this movie, right? And it's an Arnold, right. this Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. And there's a scene where there's just this animated cat detective running around for no reason. Okay. It's like that. It's like this... We've got this serious, legitimate drama happening... And then an animated cat runs by doing his own thing. Wait, did you just call The Last Action Hero a legitimate drama? Yes. Because I know enough about... I haven't seen it, but I know enough about it to know that that is simply not true. It's actually a pretty good movie. I I know it contains the line, Ice that guy to cone a phrase. (laughs) Horrible. Yes. I know that because it was on like a Taco Bell cup. (laughs) (laughs) There's a cartoon drawing of Arnold Schwarzenegger that says, Ice that guy to cone a phrase. And you looked at it and went, yes, cup. Yes, cup. I try hard to cone too. Um. So let's see, Amanda, you did your bad. My bad thing. Okay. So for four weeks, Julian's closest friends could not tell that he was a changeling. Like uh, uh, O'Brien and Garrick in particular. Yeah. But Dax, other people that he spends time with, yeah, presumably Garrick, his. Friend. Well, but he has lunch with him every day. Whatever we want to read into lunch. that. Lunch. My lunch yes. friend, doctor. Right. And and uh, Chief O'Brien and Dax is also a pretty good friend of his. And presumably he has other friends. Like he's not unlikable. He's and got a Lita, charm about him. Him and Data. Uh, him and, him Lita, and Data. He, him and Data were dating. My yeah. good friend Him and Data, Data were leading. Yeah, but not during this time. They but, might be keeping their distance because they just broke up. But, you know, they but they know each other yeah, yeah, reasonably yeah. well. Nobody could tell he was a changeling. Nobody. Like the, the 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 two main ones really get me, but there are other people as well. And now his own parents can't tell that he's a half finished hologram. <laughs> like his mother, up. his mother leans in and kisses him on the cheek. Yep. Oh, everything checks out here. That's not even the full simulation of him. That's still half done. That's like that's like mm-hmm. the beta Julian. And I believe that his skin probably feels like human skin because they have sex. Um, Holograms. They've said that you that people right. go and have and sex with holograms, doctor, which is kind of disgusting. A doctor but, uh, in particular, you want to seem as human as possible yeah. to, to put you at ease. But mm-hmm. it, it it's not just that. It's it's I don't know. They always the, the cliche is that a mother can always tell no matter what. And nope. like, apparently not. <laughs> well, she's not a very good mother, maybe. I, I got the impression she was fine, yeah. but you know. It just like wow. That was a really old conversation. Usually when we come in to talk to Julian, he can't shut up. Well, nothing strange there. Off we go. Well, now let's launch into this uh, two-minute expository speech. Now, as we all know, you've been genetically altered illegally, <laughs> which is, of course, illegal. And we could go to jail, so don't tell anyone. Make sure like nobody you, knows. Like you haven't for the past 30 years. But we're going to come in here and shout about it. <laughs> we're from England. <laughs> There could be a nurse right behind that corner, but I don't care. I don't give a shit about that. A shite. A shite. Bugger. Uh, the loo. <laughs> Lorries. <laughs> Blimey. What thing do happen? All right. Anything else? No. Amanda? Uh, oh, the, um, the other thing that is annoying about Rom is that there's so much good comedy in this episode. This is a really successful comedy episode. It is. The Zimmerman stuff especially. The Zimmerman stuff is great. And the um, that 
cut that smash cut sequence where we have different people yeah. uh, talking about Julian. Actually, and, and I would add to that, even relating to Rom, the Quark bit at the beginning where Quark is like, well, why don't you just talk to her? And then Rom walks away and Lita comes up and he says, yeah, I don't think she, I don't think he's into you. <laughs> like, just Quark, like totally trying to undermine Rom. Like there, there was some good stuff there, too, when Rom left. Yep. <laughs> And then um, in that sort of, in the smash cut sequence, uh, Zimmerman's asking, what do you like about Julian? What do you not Mm -hmm. like about Julian? And Kira says, you know, sometimes he just won't shut up. Like, (laughs) well, everyone else is sort of being like, well, he's all right. And you you can tell, like, I think that that element of Cisco not really liking him is still there because he's he's keeping it professional. He's a good doctor. He's he's sure a good, he's got a lot of enthusiasm. I see the point of why you want him for this thing. But and Kara's just the one not sugarcoating it. And then I Al, think you she mentioned that she it's is. kind of a what's that? You mentioned it's kind of a good meta joke because of uh, oh yeah, because Nana Visitor and uh, Siddig were you know married at this point or or at least had a baby together. Yep. I think they were married, um, but clearly involved. So yeah, it's a nice like ugh, I hate him. I have to say, I mean, I get that they didn't want to have any more characters, but it does seem kind of weird that Garrick wasn't in that sequence because he's one of the guys who knows Julian they best. Probably couldn't afford him. Yeah, probably. If they're paying Zimmerman or for uh, you know Robert Picardo, they probably couldn't also afford. I don't. I mean, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not like, and this is my whole uh, fanfic thing aside, I guess. But uh, he is a close friend of Julian's. It would he be. Is. It would be weird. It's it's weird that he's talking to like, Morn. And on, not talking. On the other hand, Garrick is a part of an enemy race that has just declared war on the Federation, and he everything he says is a lie. That's true. So between those two things, he's probably not very reliable. My theory is that he only had a limited amount of people he could interview, and he bumped Garrick to talk to Lita. That seems likely well, as yeah. well. All right, so uh, I believe that is all. Matt, do you have anything else? Uh, no, I think that's everything. Very well. Uh, so as I said, next week is our big crossover between us and drunken time travel. And while I am dreading watching the thing we're watching, I think it's going to be a lot of fun because we love those guys and the gabs are so awesome. Three out of the four of us are going to be drunk. And so look forward to that. One of us has to drive. I'm, I'm the designated driver. So (laughs) you have to drive, do you have to drive the fire engine? Yes. But trust me, I, there, there will be, there will be a surprise on that front as well. I don't want to tip my hand just yet, but, uh. But, but something will be happening there as well. Um, all right. So uh, that'll be next week. And then we'll resume normal episodes after that. Um, yep. So the spoiler section is next. Uh, no, but no, my plugs. No, what? What do you want to plug? I want to plug my stuff. What stuff? First, I want to plug my photography website. Well, the thing is, I know you have stuff, but you are always so reluctant to plug it. Plug, that I just... plug, plug. Okay, please plug. <laughs> uh, so you can find my awesome photography on giantblackalbatross.com or giantblackalbatross.tumblr.com. All right. Go there. You should go there. And go to my website, forbiddeninterfere.com. Stop oh, are we doing on my this? Plug. Yes. Okay, then then let's see. Go to sarcasticvoyage.com, go to more-bits.com, and go to algar.com. I'm the guest. Uh-huh. Be nice to me. Matt, say your thing. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2014. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. And we're back. Do we have any spoilers to talk about? Um, 
Uh. Oh, the one thing I wanted to say about the Bashir thing is now this becomes an insufferable part of his character. Like, I like the genetic engineering thing in and of itself, but he will not stop talking about it now. And the thing is, like, I mean, Julian's not my favorite, but he there are a lot of things about him. Yeah, like, it's not he like he needed character. more stuff. No. And it's fine that they added this in there, but he does. He mentions it, like, once an episode from here on in. Yep. And everything he does about everything has to do with this. Yeah, it, it does bother me a bit. The only thing uh, that really bugs me is when he hooks up with his with his uh, other genetically altered buddies. I hate those guys. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the suboptimal commandos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember liking one or two of those episodes, but that's another thing like the Mirror Universe that we come back to that well too many times. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as for the war stuff, yes. Um, obviously, uh, we're only, let's see, where where are we in this season? I don't have the list in front of you. We're only about 10 episodes away from Ducat delivering on his promise to take the station back. Yep. Oh, so cool. Yeah. So that's pretty great. Yeah, it is. Also, I can't remember, um, we see some stuff with uh, Garrick and Zial in this episode where mm -hmm. she's clearly in love with him and he sort of like likes her okay. Well, we, we went back and forth, the three yeah. of us went back and forth as we watched and seeing her welcome him back, it's clear she kisses him and he does not return the kiss. No. Yeah. It ends up being like a, she's going for his mouth and she ends up kissing him on the cheek thing. It's clear that he doesn't want to kiss her. No, he, I, 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 I get the vibe he likes her and he likes having a uh, another Cardassian on the station to talk to and he really likes... Uh... Be yeah. able to mess with Gul Dukat. Yep. But I, I sort—I of, have a memory, and I this might be wrong, but I remember him falling in love with her. But that—that uh, that hasn't happened yet. No, I don't know. I, she's only around for another year, yeah. so we'll see what happens. Uh, anything else, spoiler-wise? No, I don't think so. No. All right. So that's it until the uh, crossover next week. All right. All see right. you folks again. Again.